Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are, positively different radio in the morning. You are with Lyle and... Minnie. Minnie, how are you this morning? Oh, look, I'm well. I good. Like, yeah, now I wake up early. Got out of bed, had my devotions. It was. It was did you good. go? To, did you go to bed early? Nah. <laughs> See, this is this is the real question. Waking up early, we understand that. We get that. You do breakfast radio. I know. You kind of don't have a choice about waking up early. I know. It's no. the going to bed bit that's the important yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, look. So as I said yesterday, my housemate has moved out, which is great. But it was just a hassle. Like semester just finished, she had to go. I was like, yeah, sweet. You just leave what you need to leave. I will sort it out. There was a lot that was just fine, but I just got into the groove. I was like, I need to go through these cupboards. I need to clean some stuff. And I was listening to, yeah, some podcast and some just thinking in my head. And then suddenly I was like, oh, it's, it's later than I wanted it to be. <laughs> but anyway, it was all good. I woke up, had some time with Jesus. It was good. Um, yeah. That's but I awesome. do need Praise God. to be going to bed early. Okay. So this week mm. in the United States is Thanksgiving on Thursday. Yes. Which means that there's actually a whole bunch of Thanksgivings happening here in Australia. Yes. And this is a really positive thing. You've already been to one. I yes. went to one yesterday. Uh, I went to one with a group of pastors from the Hunter Valley, which was just fantastic. We all got together. We ate amazing food. We talked about what we were thankful for. We just spent time just talking about ministry and talking about life and sharing ideas. And, you know, I got some fantastic ideas from a couple of the pastors that were there on how to run board meetings. You know, there's, these guys are, are pastoring, you know, churches that are like five times the size of anything I've ever pastored. And their mm. board meetings and business meetings never go for longer than an, an hour. That's amazing. Never go longer than an hour. I'm like, how do you do that? And they've just run through it. It's like you do this, boom, done. I'm like, whenever I go back to pastoring a local church, it's exactly what I'm going to do right there. So I'm super thankful for that opportunity. It was just amazing. It's fantastic. We all need to be doing Thanksgiving here in Australia. It's the best festival ever. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let's have some positively different news. Let's kick this day off the right way. Yeah, we'll give it a go. Okay, so... Just a little history context. I just read a book a little while ago and it was looking at in, oh, I don't know, sometime, maybe like 50 years ago, that was looking at the Armenian Genocide. Ooh, yeah. that's heavy. Real heavy time. stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I actually knew nothing about it until maybe five years ago, read some other book and was like, whoa, what is this? Uh-huh. And my parents were both like, yeah, of course. And I was like, what do you mean, of course? I have never heard this. Anyway, so I missed all of that information at school. She read this book, was like, wow, that it's, was it's one of the It's one of the most um, unheard of, for whatever bizarre reason I do not know, the Armenian genocide is one of the most unheard of and unstudied and unspoken about genocides. The, you know, the, the, the genocide of the Jews in mm-hmm. Germany in the Second World War is, you know, sort of front and centre and has never stopped being front and centre, the, the Jewish Holocaust. But yeah. the Armenian Holocaust, it was right up there. It's so silent. And there's no history of it. You mm. go, you go to Turkey today, and it's like, well, that never happened. Mm, interesting. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, wow. Well, anyway, so there was this book. Uh, so the book I read and had this stuff really interesting. Um, but my good news story for today, I didn't actually realise there was still tension between Azerbaijan and Armenia. I just didn't know. I was like, okay, I'm still uneducated. Brilliant. <laughs> um, but so on a very unexpected call, a lady named R.P. Krikorian. Uh, she called into order contact lenses, just from just a business. She needed some lenses and um, ended t- uh, making a really personal connection. So her and the um, sales rep just got chatting about life and what they're up to and where they were and who they were, da da da, etc. 
And the customer service rep, her name was Lindy. And yeah, as they began talking, the conversation moved to Arpi's husband, who runs a non-for-profit called Code 3 Angels. And this was founded in 2016. So he and a bunch of other people from the US where they live um, went on a trip to Armenia uh, to train people just in CPR and first aid. So real basic stuff. Yep. Um, and then kind of saw some needs and got to know some people. Um, I wasn't quite clear if they already had contacts there. Like, I don't know if their family is connected in some way over there. Uh, but yeah, so they started collecting medical and trauma supplies um, to concentrate on the tensions in the regions where locals and soldiers are under attack. I was like, I didn't know this. But yeah, so they've been doing this since, as I said, 2016. But yeah, just recently, um, this lady is having this conversation and um, Api described the work that they're doing to help the displaced people. Um, anyway, she was just talking to this lady the next day she gets, you know how sometimes you get a standard, like, Hey, thanks for your, um, order. Great doing business with you. Da, da, da. Well, this comes with a personalized note and, um, a hundred dollars as well that this lady, Lindy just went, Hey, you know, my prayers are with the people of Armenia. Great job on what you and your husband are doing. I'd love to support it. Great to talk to you. Just this really like beautiful personal interaction. And she was like, you know, my heart has been touched. Like, I just really appreciated that I do this. I talk to sales reps all the time, but it's not that level. Like this is actually quite a heart thing that she's going, hey, I've I've seen and heard what you're doing and I'd love to support you in it. Yeah, praise God. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I was like, this is amazing. Hey, you want some, you want some uh, Armenian trivia? I do. Okay, so uh, Justin Tarosian mm-hmm. is Armenian. Hey. Well, he's actually from his... Um, father's from Iraq, but of okay. Armenian descent. Interesting. Yeah. So Justin Tarosian, for those of you who might be uh, wondering, who on earth are we talking about, is one of the presenters for the N.Digital. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the N.Digital yet, it's all there on YouTube. Just go across to the N.Digital and you can see the N.Digital and you can see the N.Digital America. Mm-hmm. And we'll be coming out with another uh, short series before Christmas. Can we know what it's about? Mm-hmm. Little spoiler, cheeky, cheeky spoiler. It it may be about. <laughs> it may have something to do with the most significant messianic prophecies of all time. Ooh, yes, that sounds exciting. Three part series. Three part series. Okay. It's going to be amazing. So and is stay this tuned for that. Specifically, because it's to do with Christmas, like in the lead up to. Well, it could have something to do with Christmas. Yeah. Okay, all right. Could, could have something to do with uh, the N. Digital Christmas special coming up. So hey, there's a uh, sneaky behind. piece of trivia for you. Want another sneaky piece of trivia about Armenia? Absolutely. Okay, so they were a Sabbath keeping church in unbroken succession from the time of the apostles right the way through until the time of the genocide. <gasps> Whoa! Wait, how do you? know Okay, this? so. What is- <laughs> No, I love the information you have, but it's just your brain is so full of amazing, interesting facts. I'm like, how can I find out these things? (laughs) Okay, so if you want an excellent book to read on history, particularly history of Christianity during the Dark Ages Mm -hmm. um, and what many would call the church in the wilderness, there is a book that every single person should read after having read the Bible Mm -hmm. and maybe ah, Great Controversy has got great history as well, Um, probably the best. So I'll put those two first, but I'll make this one a third. As far as history goes, it's called Truth Triumphant by B.G. Wilkin- Benjamin Wilkinson. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get it from ABC Bookshop or Better Books and Foods. And last I checked, it was still in print and it is absolutely outstanding. I'm going to write it on my list. Absolutely, you should. Uh, one of our listeners the other day asked me for a book to recommend. In fact, I should, I should, I should see if I can find his response after he started reading this. Let me just this see. book that you're telling me about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was one of our listeners. Like, ah, oh, you know, what, 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 uh, 
Um, what, what should I read? He says, this book is amazing. Yes. Do you have any other books I should be reading? I'm trying to get my head around Daniel Revelation, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, yeah. But anyway. Um, and then I've said, uh, just quick clarified which one. I said, Truth Triumphant? Question mark? He says, yes, I am. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, there you go. I mean, look, to be honest, if you told me to read a book, I probably would read it because I was like, Lyle knows things. His books will be great. <laughs> okay, but that will tell you all about the history of Christianity okay, wow. in Armenia uh-huh. and Ethiopia. Ooh, I'd love to go both, both places, actually. Yes, I have not been to Armenia yet. Mm. Uh, very, very high on my list of uh, places that I want to go to next. Turkey, Armenia. <gasps> I have not been to those. Lebanon, mm-hmm. Syria, might be a while before I get into Syria. Mm. But, you know, all of these countries are a little bit, mm, there's probably a reason why I haven't been there yet. <laughs> but yeah, once COVID is over, I, you're gone. Yes. This, See this you later, is, what, we, what, we, <laughs> what we should do is plan a Faith FM <gasps> Bible Lands tour. I'm yeah. coming. I'm coming. <laughs> Even if I'm send not you, a Faith FM member. Send in your... Your um, expressions of interest now. But my only thing with Bible Lands tours is I'm not someone who's great at just going to see the places. I reckon you need a Bible Lands tour where you get to know all the local people, right? Because then you're knowing not just the places and the history. Okay, that's going to take a little bit more time. But how much better would it be? Infinitely better. (laughs) Infinitely better. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so we were talking about the book Truth Triumphant yes. and the amazing history that it's in it. You'll also find there the history of the Celtic Church, people Ooh. like St. Patrick and Columba I like and stories. Columbanus, mm-hmm. uh, these guys. You will find the history of the church in Scotland that preserved you know, pure Christianity all the way down through until the time of the Reformation. Once again, a Sabbath-keeping church. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. There are you, you'll find many. how the how the uh, you know that Sunday keeping first arrived in Scotland as a result of the Norman invasion in the south in 1066, when the remnants of the Royal Saxon court fled to Scotland. Interesting. Yeah, oh, fascinating stuff. Don't even get me started. I'll be here all day. But somebody texted in to say, uh, Truth Triumphant is a fantastic book. So here you go. I'm not the only one who's telling you this. Everyone should read it. In fact, I'm going to my library to pull it out and read it again. Thanks for the reminder. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Amazing. It is excellent material. Excellent material right there. Um, Basically, the history of Christianity between 538 through to 1798, Mm. the Dark Ages. And that's a really significant time period to actually see that there was a true church happening yes. too. Yes, and it focuses not on the Church of the Reformation, which is what we often focus on yeah. so much, uh, but it focuses on the obscure churches of that were truly in the wilderness. Hmm. Uh, there's some great chapters there on the Waldenses in northern Italy, southern France. Nice. Um, there's ah, there's just a, it, the the chapters in that book on the history of Christianity in China. Japan, Indonesia will melt your mind. Is it thick? Like how big is it? India. Yeah, it's decent size. Okay. It's decent. Okay, so I couldn't the, smash the, the history. The history of Christianity in India mm. and what actually happened there and how the original apostolic Christianity that arrived in these countries was eventually wiped out and who was responsible for it. How, oh, it's just... Things that you would never, ever, ever expect. It's like this. It's like this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll give you a little bit of a tidbit. Um, 
we often think of the headquarters of Christianity as being in Rome, right? Yes. There was another church that was just as big that rivaled Rome, the Church of the East, right? Yes. That you sort of never hear the history of. Uh, For a long time, its headquarters were in Baghdad. It was protected by Islam. Islam, like, would have nothing to do with Catholicism and would just be like, well, you either convert or you get your head cut off. But in the East, there was a Christian church. They're like, no, actually, these people actually genuinely follow the book, so Hmm. we won't touch them. The headquarters were in Baghdad, and at one time, the head of that church, as in, um, you know, what many people today would call the Pope or we might call, you know, GC President or whatever you might want to call it, but the head of that church was a Chinese man. Whoa. Yeah, that's like back in the 800s. You've got me excited about Back in the 800s. You got me me sidetracked. I'll be here all day. I love it. You got me started on history. It's fantastic. For me, I don't know about you guys. We should do a podcast on uh, Truth Triumphant sometime. I need to read it first, though. Yes, indeed. Let's come back to the news. The current era. You're talking about um, controversial topics. That's right. We're going to talk about vaccinations. All right. So, Alan (laughs) Joyce, head of Qantas, CEO of Qantas. Uh Um, has stated that vaccinations will be non-negotiable for any form of outbound international travel once the vaccination becomes available and once international uh, borders open again. Specifically, we're talking about COVID vaccinations, yeah? COVID COVID vaccinations. Okay. Yes. So this is pretty heavy stuff. This is not coming from the government. The government has already, ScoMo's already stated that it will not be mandatory and um, research estimates that about 60% of Australians will snap up the vaccination. Mm -hmm. Um, Australia has ordered enough vaccinations to do the entire population three times over. Mm -hmm. So, And and it will be free. Mm Mm-hmm. But Alan Joyce, and you know what? I kind of expect this kind of thing from Alan Joyce. He is the kind of person who loves to just be a little dictator. Okay. I don't know this person at all. So. He does. He just does. He's got, a, he's got a history of it, and he loves to kind of pretend like he's dictator of Australia rather than CEO of a large mm. company. But he's CEO of a large company. It's a powerful company. He's like, I'm going to wield my power, and this is what I'm going to do. Do you think people will not choose to fly with them if that's the case? Well, that's going to be interesting because Virgin has uh, come out and said, we've got a wait and see approach. We haven't made a decision as whether we're going to make it mandatory or not. And I'm thinking, you know, if you've got 40% of the Australian population that doesn't get the vaccination, that's going to be a big boost to Virgin. Mm Mm-hmm. And to a lot of other airline companies that fly internationally in and out of Australia. And there's, the, there's, there's choice when it comes to when it comes to airlines. There is choice. And the thing is, and I've had this conversation with a couple of people about you know whether they agree with vaccinations or anything. That's else. a different issue. That's a different issue. But when you start saying you will do this to someone, that's the issue. That's the issue. <laughs> that's the issue right there. Yeah, because uh, because I see Christians and I respect both sides of the of yes. the equation because I see Christians who say I do not take this vaccination on moral grounds. Mm because this vaccination came from aborted fetuses, Mm. right? And I understand the moral grounds for that. I meet other Christians who say, I do take take this vaccination on moral grounds Mm. because I take it to protect the life of people around me. Yeah. And I respect the fact that both sides of the equation, and I'm going to get flack from both sides of the equation now. I get that. I understand that. Uh, For the record, generally speaking, I'm pro-vax. 
Just putting that out there. I have looked extensively at the arguments on both sides, and generally speaking, that's a generalisation because I do think tend to think that you know we don't need to stick ourselves with, you know, turn ourselves into a pincushion. Mm. I think that. Um, you know, sometimes we do go over the, overboard with these kind of things. That's just my personal opinion. That's got nothing to do with Faith FM Radio or mm. anything like that. That's just purely my personal opinion on this particular subject. But generally speaking, I'm pro-vax. But I respect people who have moral objections either way. Yeah. And I respect the moral objections or decisions that they make. Because I recognise they are making this because they are endeavouring to be as Christ-like as they can. Mm. Here's my problem. My problem. My issue is not whether with people who are pro or anti. My problem is when a private business yeah, yeah, starts yeah. dictating what the Australian population well, must or, must must yeah. or must not do. Yeah. Now I understand that. Yeah, a business actually has the right to do that. Mm. You know, I, they, they do. But do I like it? No. <laughs> um, so, you know, raises a bunch of questions. What about exemptions on medical grounds? Because he's gone, no exemptions, non-negotiable. Those are the words he used. But there are a whole bunch of people who actually Who can't take have, vaccinations yeah, yeah. at all, ever. Yeah. Because of disabilities, because of medical conditions that they have. It's like, too bad you can't fly. Mm. Now, this is the first... Because there are mandatory vaccinations in Australia for travel. For certain countries, yeah. But not for outbound travel. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Okay, so for instance, I've been to uh, South American places like that where the yellow fever vaccination is mandatory for you to return to Australia. Yes. So they'll let you go. You can go for free. You it's like nobody's back. stopping you and nobody's making you go, mm. right? You don't have to go if you don't want to. Yeah. So it's entirely your choice. You can go, but you can't come back in unless you had the yellow fever vaccination. Yeah. Uh, but this one is not for outbound travel. This is for – sorry, for inbound travel. This is outbound travel. So mm. this is just like – You can't even get on a plane. You can't even get on a plane. Yeah. We, we're, we're, not, we're not trying to protect Australia here. We're just saying you have to have a vaccination. You know, that's, that is just dictatorship right there on another level. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Well, it is Wednesday today. It is. Which means that you you're all exper- expecting to hear David helped. But David is not with us today. Joining us today is Jennifer Skews. And Jennifer is going to be filling in for David while David takes annual leave. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. So let me just uh, introduce you to Jennifer. Jennifer is uh, she has a post grad uh, diploma in nutritional medicine for mental health. She's a health psychologist. She's been practicing since 1993. Uh, she's worked at the psychology unit at uh, on the Gold Coast for uh, about 16 years. And I think at the moment you're in private practice. Is that right, um, Jennifer? I am. I'm in part-time private practice, but with the way things are going at the moment, that seems to be increasing. Yes, there's certainly a lot of uh, there's certainly a lot of stress in our world these days, isn't there? There certainly is, and it's one of the specialties I do. I look at stress and trauma, and uh, there's plenty of that around, particularly with this day and age. Yes. Now, Jennifer, I wanted to ask you some questions this morning that I thought would be relevant to our listeners. We're coming to the end of the year. A lot of us are starting to feel, you know, kind of just um, burned out. Uh, It's been 2020 is one of those years that we would all like to delete from our calendar. Um, (laughs) And we're 
you know, I think there's probably a number of us that are sort of staring down that tunnel where there's a light at the end of the tunnel called annual leave coming up at Christmas time. And it's like, can we make it that far? Um, so I wanted to talk about burnout. Uh, what are the signs of burnout, and when do you know? When, when should we know when this is actually something that okay, I'm just I'm just a bit tired and I need a break, or when do we know when it's actually something that's dangerous and we really need to uh, address it? Okay, um, people often don't recognise the signs of burnout because we're very well programmed to cope under all circumstances, um, and people start to get tired and exhausted and will keep pushing themselves. And it's not until they are exhausted, they find their emotional energy is down, they can't cope with the workload, they start withdrawing. And often it's not until they get some sort of physiological problem. Um, sometimes it's adrenal fatigue, sometimes their immune system is down and they start to then recognise that um, there's something not right. And certainly end of year, I think a lot of people are feeling like they're burning out at different degrees. Now, you mentioned that there is um, physiological problems that come as a result of burnout. Is that kind of like a... Um, a bit of a circuit breaker in our body where our body is saying, all right, you're not listening to what I'm saying as far as your yes. mental health goes, so you know what, I'm going to let you down physically and that's going to force you to take some time off? Is that, um, is that kind of what's what going happens? on there? Well, there's actually three main stages of stress to burnout and the first uh, problem is this adrenaline cortisol that is constantly pumping um, and people start to um, do things like develop addictions or end up with caffeine or things to help them and they're constantly pushing their liver and um, their whole system. So, And I think, as I said, immune function is a major problem uh, on the level of physiology but when you're carrying too much adrenaline and cortisol, you don't sleep well at night, uh, you've got hyperarousal, the mind is racing constantly, um, you have major digestive problems because you're constantly having too much acid in the system. Um, and you can see how people then start to flag and, and burn out because it's like they're running um, a marathon constantly and even when they're in bed at night. So, and this is where insomnia happens and people start to not cope, particularly at work uh, and, of course, in their home environment. You mentioned there that things as simple as digestion can be affected by yes. exhaustion and burnout. Um, yeah, could you comment on that a little bit further? Yeah. Well, what happens when you... Um, have what we call the stress or alarm response and you've got too much adrenaline cortisol and they're the main players. There's a lot of other chemicals involved. One of the problems is the stomach starts producing a lot of hydrochloric acid and it, it doesn't matter whether you have a healthy diet or an average diet. Um, it's whatever you eat goes into this hydrochloric acid bath and then when it's not digesting, you're not absorbing nutrients, a lot of people get that gastric reflux, uh, they end up taking, you know, going to the chemist and getting a lot of um, things to help the stomach, you know, to digest food or to cope with the acid reflux. And uh, until you stop the stress response, you cannot control 
the stomach acid. And then what happens, you get a lot of toxins build up and, of course, you're becoming nutrient-deprived. Right. And that can't be a good thing at all. All right. Um, so if we are feeling, you know, just a little bit generally tired and down, mm-hmm. um, are these physiological signs going to be the first signs that we can actually pinpoint that we are dealing with burnout? Well, usually it's the stress signs first where um, particularly sleep, people find they're just not sleeping as well. There may be appetite changes, either they're overeating or not eating enough. Um, they, they start to become more irritable, you know, signs of irritability or not coping with things they would normally cope with. So there's sort of those signs along the way that people can pick up on. And often what they do is excuse it or they don't realise that this is what's happening or they might blame other people. So it's not until you look at yourself and go, hang on, there's something wrong here. You know, I'm really not sleeping well and I'm just not enjoying my food or I'm not eating properly. I'm relying on caffeine to get me through the day, which a lot of people do. So they're early signs before you get to burnout. And it takes a long time to get to burnout. It's not something that happens in a a few weeks. It's usually sometimes over months, even years, people can keep going until the whole system is starting to shut down. With um, you, you mentioned there caffeine. Isn't mm. that something that a lot of people just use on a daily basis anyway? Um, or when a person is, you know, um, dealing with the onset of burnout, are they going to increase their caffeine use? And will caffeine actually help that situation? I mean, obviously, it's going to give you that energy boost. A lot of people look forward to that energy hit that comes from caffeine. Um, and so is that going to help uh, solve the problem? Well, with caffeine, if you are a high caffeine user and you're in this position, then you tend to use more. Some people are average, you know, they might have a, one or two cups of something with caffeine in a day uh, or a cola drink, and then they increase that. And when you do that, it's it's creating a false energy factor. The mind seems to be more energetic and focused but it comes at a cost. Um, the body is, you, it's like having a bank and you're not putting money in, but you're taking it out all the time. And this is where your energy level starts to drop. And that means in the end, caffeine is ineffective and, and you're starting to feel the exhaustion even with the caffeine fix. Um, so this is, you know, what happens. And of course, it's highly addictive. Caffeine will, and, and adrenaline stay in your system for hours. Um, so you're constantly topping up and running on all cylinders at the cost of your health. For sure. What are some of the other things that might uh, let, let's just come back to adrenaline because you talk about you know high adrenaline and so forth. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking, is is it the caffeine that is stimulating the adrenaline to be in your system? Um, caffeine is it hyper arouses the nervous system, and it certainly uh, gets the brain racing. So it, it keeps overstimulating the nervous system and the brain, and this is um, again, this is a contributing factor to burnout. Sure, uh, it's the use of caffeine. So what More is it? Than, sorry, I butted in. What is the um, what is it that's driving the increased levels of adrenaline in the system then? Well, when 
you see something as a stress and the major stress factor for most people is what they're looking at ahead of time. So if they're constantly worrying about what's going to happen, they're constantly pumping adrenaline because adrenaline is, and that cortisol is involved in this, therefore what we call the alarm reaction. It's the part of the brain called the survival brain that deems something as a threat and what it will do, it then overreacts. It pumps adrenaline cortisol wanting to what we call fight or flight. Um, and if you don't know what the stressor is and you can't run, you can't fight or flight, you've got this constant factor in your system and you've got nowhere to run. So it goes into what we call a freeze mode and you're carrying this adrenaline all the time because often it's not a real threat. It's what we perceive as a threat, particularly with work environments. Sure. When For somebody then who is listening to the show this morning and they're saying, you know what, I'm not sleeping so well, I've got a lot of acid reflux happening, um, yes. my, uh, my caffeine uh, intake has gone up, um, mm-hmm. I'm not uh, enjoying my food or I'm over-enjoying my food either which way. Um, so they're saying, well, actually, I've got symptoms of burnout right now. What mm-hmm. do they need to be doing right now? What, what, what's the solution here? Okay. One is... Um, as you said, recognise it. But then you have to look at ways of other ways of winding down and relaxing. I mean, some people might go and see um, their GP and talk to them, but certainly most people need help. Some people just go online or look at a book or look at how can I relax more, what can I do and this is where I get a lot of people come and see me because they have such high levels of stress and they don't realise it. So then there are strategies they can use for that. Um, but probably if, for most people, I think they probably need a bit of help from some direction to start to pull it back and to um, calm down and learn how to mind to stop the stress factor and start to focus because we really need to be focused on it each day at a time and a lot of people don't do that. So it's helping people to manage that workload and um, focus back on looking after themselves a lot more. It's interesting you say on focusing on one day at a time rather than on looking into the future. The mm-hmm. Bible says, uh, there's this great passage in the Bible, you know, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That's the uh, the old KJV version of it. There's probably more modern translations that um, that put it in simpler English. But in my mind, that passage really does focus our attention on how to deal with anxiety. What are your thoughts in relationship Absolutely. to that? Anxiety is purely projecting ahead, fear projection, Uh, the the what-if syndrome. What if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't happen? What if people don't like me? And when you do that, this is where that stress response keeps coming in. And we can only do one day at a time. And, you know, when I teach people to do that and they start doing things, and I work with a lot of more natural remedies, herbs and things to help people calm down, huge difference. Um, it doesn't take long to pull the stress factor back, but they've got to work at it. They've got to what we call rewire the brain because their brain is used to doing what it's doing in that stress response. Um, that's where it takes a bit of help. But one day at a time is the key factor. If we don't address the, the, the signs of you know, oncoming burnout, what is the mm. result? What, what, what is the danger? If they don't listen... Yeah, well, if we, if we don't listen to what our body is saying and we just keep, uh, you know, just like maybe up the caffeine a little bit, head down, tail up, um, you know, 
stiff upper lip kind of thing. We'll push through this. We can we can survive this. Um, what is yeah. the what is the what is the potential outcome getting okay. down that path? Okay. Well, the potential outcome is to get a serious illness because when you're constantly in this stress process, you're actually impacting your gene pool. And if you've got a vulnerable gene pool that you've inherited or your system's worn down, which might be a trigger to cancer, to um, uh, all sorts of immune system disorders and what we call inflammatory disorders. And it seems to be a new wave in our society, particularly the last decade. I've seen a huge increase in these what they call autoimmune inflammatory disorders. And a lot of people now are burning out in their adrenals are failing and they're on cortisol um, medication because the adrenals are burned out. And if we don't have adrenaline um, and cortisol, the, the body won't survive. So it can lead to death in some cases, which is very sad. Yeah, that's pretty severe. Jennifer Skews, our time has uh, run out. It does go very quickly, but we do really appreciate you joining us and filling in for uh, David Haupt while he's away on annual leave. And uh, hopefully his annual leave is ensuring that he doesn't get burnout. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.